Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. <laughs> Kia ora everybody, I'm Jordan, host of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. It's my hope that you find support and comfort in these stories, and I'm really looking forward to bringing you today's episode. Just a reminder before we get started that these are personal experiences and you should always seek medical advice before making any important decisions. I'm not an advocate for any particular model of birth or birth care, and this is simply a platform to share these empowering Kiwi birth tales with you all. In today's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales, I speak with Portia about the birth of her daughter, Indy. Portia takes us through her pregnancy experience in which she did some hypnobirthing training and then she also takes us through her birth experience which didn't quite go to plan but she has some really great um, advice for us in there and it was really nice to hear her story. So thanks for sharing with us Portia and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi Portia, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. No worries. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about you and who's in your family? Yeah, sure. So um, obviously my name is Portia. I have a little six and a half month old Indy and um, we live up in Mangafai with obviously my partner Dylan. Um, yeah, so we kind of met and then quickly uh, fell pregnant with Indy. So yeah, it's been very interesting um, from the get go, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you want to take us through what your journey to pregnancy was like? Had you sort of talked about having kids in your relationship or what was that like? Yeah. So we met um, and we'd both been single for a wee while and it was definitely something that we kind of, I think we just both knew that we wanted, I don't know, maybe not as early as we did but um <laughs> yeah so we definitely spoke about it um and we're kind of yeah we had the attitude of if it happens it does if it doesn't then we'll kind of you know try at a later date <laughs> yeah. um but yeah so obviously I fell pregnant and yeah that was kind of just how it happened <laughs> yeah awesome and how did you find out did you have early symptoms that you made you think you might be pregnant or you missed a period or something um, so I actually, um, I was working at the time and it was, uh, it was like early December. Um, and so I was helped my work kind of organize the Christmas party and was all doled up and ready to kind of have a fun night out. And we were at lunch and, um, I had, there was some champagne on the table and I had a sip and I was like, oh my gosh, I, I can't drink this. And you know, champagne's like my drink. <laughs> um, and I was like, that's so weird. So I was like, okay, I'll try a GNT. Had a GNT. I was like, this is actually disgusting. I can't even have, you know, another sip of this drink. Um, and then I was kind of thinking about it and I was like, no, no, surely not. Hmm. Anyway, we had lunch and that was fine. And then we went, um, we went kind of out to another place and then my friends were trying to get me to drink. And I just couldn't. So anyway, I ended up going home. My partner was coming down from Mangafai to pick me up. Um, and I had I had taken previously um, a couple of pregnancy tests and I had one left. 
and I was like, oh, stuff it. I'll just, um, I'll just do it. It's gone, and I won't be thinking, oh, should I take it? Shouldn't I? So yeah, I took it, jumped in the shower, picked it up in my clothes, and I was getting ready. And I was like, oh my god, I totally forgot I peed on the stick. <laughs> and so I looked, and um, yeah, it was positive. And I just remember like looking in the mirror, just so shocked. I was like, what the yeah. heck? And so it took me a few minutes to kind of um, spit, okay, this is actually happening. Um, and then, yeah, once my partner was at my house, I told him. So, yeah, he was pretty stoked. But he was shocked as well. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> it was funny. Yeah. Awesome. And how were you feeling sort of throughout your pregnancy? Did you have many early um, symptoms in your first trimester? Um, I had quite possibly, I feel... Uh, I feel mean saying it, but I had the first <laughs> pregnancy. Like yeah. I had no symptoms um, of morning sickness. I never felt nauseous, maybe just like a little bit tired, but I had, I was iron deficient anyway. So I was like, well, it's kind of normal, but more yeah. noticeable um, being pregnant. But um, yeah, it was totally fine up until I would say about 30 37 weeks um and I started to get quite swollen um and I gained kind of like a lot of weight and I was holding a lot of water so that was kind of when it got a bit harder but more difficult like sleeping um and Indy was quite low quite early on so she yeah was kind of you know making it a bit more uncomfortable to sleep and to sit and stuff like that but other than that, um, yeah, I had a dream pregnancy. And I think I've put it down to going to the chiropractor every week. So I've always had lower back problems. And so when I found out that I was pregnant, um, that was like my one thing. I was like, I need to kind of make sure that I'm on top of my back pain um, so it doesn't get worse and doesn't affect me once I've had the baby. So, yeah, I ended up going to Mount Eden Chiropractor um, and I saw Simon Kelly there he was fantastic just so nice and if I had any questions he would you know be really helpful and things like that so yeah if mums are not sure whether to go to the chiropractor and have like reservations I definitely recommend going (laughs) just talking to a chiropractor um because honestly I think that made such a difference for my whole pregnancy yeah awesome and did you find out that you were having a girl in the sort of standard testing that we do in New Zealand or was it a surprise um, no, it was, yeah, that 20-week anatomy scan. So yeah. um, we had, my partner had the day off and we we're like, oh, let's like, you know, get um, the lady to write it down and we'll go to lunch and, you know, have this nice surprise at lunch. But <laughs> we kind of got in there and she was very like, um, I don't know, it just felt like she wasn't very excited because <laughs> to her, her job is, you know, to figure out, to measure everything it's like an anatomy scan not a gender kind of scan so um we were in there and she was quiet she was like I'm not quiet nothing's wrong I'm just trying to measure everything and obviously it's a long scan so I was kind of like busting to ask her if she could (laughs) you know um see what gender the baby was and she was like yeah do you want me to tell you and I was like oh I looked at Dylan he was like I don't mind I was like oh god and then I was like okay and so she told us, she was like, it's a girl. And um, I was I was obviously excited and very lucky to be having a baby. But the whole time I was like, no, it's a boy. My intuition's yeah. telling me it's a boy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I quickly got over that and was pretty excited 
I think mainly because Dylan um, really wanted it to be a girl, because I was secretly hoping it was a girl the whole time. So that was really nice and kind of, yeah, comforting in a sense that, yeah, he was super happy it was a girl. So, yeah, (laughs) that's how we found out was a surprise in the scan. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Cool. And did you have many thoughts around like a birth plan or sort of what your ideal birth might look like? I definitely, at the start of my pregnancy, so I had, I switched midwives kind of like around 15 weeks. Um, But I, my first midwife, she was really nice. She was up in Mangafai, so we were planning to, um, planning to move here sooner than what we did. So I had a midwife up here, but um, she was quite holistic and she does a lot of home births, obviously up here away from the hospital. I think the, the closest hospital is the Whangarei Hospital or North Shore, but they have a couple of birthing units. So yeah. a lot of her births are like at home or um, at the birthing center, drug free. Um, and I walked in and I met her the first time. She's like, so tell me your plan. I was like, I want epidural. <laughs> I want gas. Um, and she was kind of like, oh, okay. Like, and then she educated me a bit more on it. So I did my own research. Um, and I spoke to a few friends and one of them mentioned hypnobirthing and I had literally never heard of it. Obviously, you know, like you hear of women doing it without drugs and things like that, but the whole concept of hypnobirthing was totally new to me. So I did a lot of research. Um, and then we ended up doing a hypnobirthing course, which was really great. That was in Takapuna and it was kind of like in a yoga studio. It was, it was nice and calming each time you went, but it was every Sunday for, I think, like six weeks. So that was kind of yeah. a bit of a commitment. Um, anyway, so yeah, hypnobirthing, we kind of were like, yep, let's, you know, give that a go, see how we get on. Um, and I wanted to try birth at birth care and then obviously stay there. But um, yeah, that didn't really go to plan. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And did you do any antenatal classes or anything like that or just the hypnobirthing course? We just opted for the hypnobirthing. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then any kind of questions I had, I, f- I found that hypnobirthing was less kind of, obviously they didn't cover really too much medical stuff. So yeah. um, I asked Dr. Google, which, you know, probably <laughs> shouldn't have. <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah, I think my, so my second midwife, when we decided that we were going to be in Auckland for when the baby was due, um, she was really helpful and she answered heaps of questions and yeah, it was good. Yeah. um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. And did your labor end up starting spontaneously? No. So um, I had quite bad swelling. So I ended up having um, preeclampsia and I had really bad pitting. So like my feet were so swollen. It was awful. Um, And I didn't feel like I'd gained a lot of weight. Like I was kind of like, oh, like, you know, you think you're going to gain heaps of weight. And then, um, but yeah, I was feeling fine, but I was very swollen. My, yeah, my feet were pitting. And then I ended up um, having reduced movements. So I was 30, at 36 weeks, I actually started um, getting acupuncture. So there's this... um, Chinese acupuncturist in Mount Eden and he is great his name's Ping and then his wife um specializes in kind of like um hormones and pregnancy and fertility and stuff so I went and saw her and she was like oh you know every time she didn't speak too much English but every time she'd like use their facials and it kind of got me a bit worried 
Um, but yeah. yeah, so I went to her a few times, but I mean, I don't really know if it worked because yeah, I ended up having protein in my urine and swelling and high blood pressure. So I ended up getting induced, um, which we went into the hospital for reduced movements. And I was really cautious of um, that. Like if I had any doubts, I'd call my midwife and she'd say, you know, go to the hospital. And I knew it was like a long commitment because you got to stay there and they monitor you for a while. <laughs> but I knew that if I did it, I'd feel so much better knowing yeah. that, um, you know, everything's okay when I left. So it was our third time to the hospital with reduced movements. Um, and I was 40 weeks and two days. So the day after my due date. Um, yeah. yeah, I think. Yeah. And so they were like, look, you've got protein in your urine. They kind of gave me like the vibes that I should have really gone in earlier that my midwife maybe should have picked up on it. Um, cause I did pee on a stick and then she sent me home and was like, just keep an eye on things. But yeah, so I basically took myself into the hospital and they were monitoring me for a while and they were like, look, we're going to induce you. And this was at about eight o'clock at night on the Sunday. Um, and then, yeah, they kind of said, we're going to induce you at 12 o'clock. Um, do you want, it's like that, I can't remember what it's called, where they insert the, it's like the balloon thing in you and it goes uh, yeah. bigger. Um, yeah. Or the gel. And so I was like, oh, I'll just hit the gel things. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I had the first lot at 12 o'clock at night, at midnight. Um, and I didn't really know that potentially something could have, you know, it could have started from there. But anyway, so I slept until 6 a.m., um, and then they did the second lot of gel. Um, and then basically from there, it was like, it just hit the ground running. Um, hmm. Everything started from there. So um, I started having contractions and I was able to like walk through them, breathe through them. I really tried to use my hypnobirthing, um, you know, techniques that they teach you, but that kind of went out the window as the contractions got stronger and closer yeah. together. Um, and so I think, oh, I got assessed, which was, which was really painful. Um, and I kind of wish I spoke up a bit more about like when they were doing it, but anyway, so I had that done and then I think I was about four centimeters dilated. Um, and then they were just waiting for my suite to be ready. So obviously we're in the hospital. And so I went into the bath, um, and had gas, which was so lovely, like, I'm such a water baby, so I really loved the warm water. Um, yeah. And it was kind of just like me and Dylan in the room. And then the midwife would come in and check on me. And my mum was there, which was nice. Um, and so, yeah, basically we were just waiting for my delivery suite to be ready. And then they came over and said, it's ready. Your midwife's going to, not my midwife, but the hospital midwife's going to take you over, get changed and things. Um, so I hopped out and I was so scared I was going to slip. I was like, oh my God, don't let me go. <laughs> and then, um, cause I've been having the gas, but it's kind of like you have it and you're like, nothing's happening. So you have a bit more yeah. and I think I'd had a bit much. And then so <laughs> that made me, um, vomit a few times, but yeah. it wasn't like, I didn't feel too sick. I think it was just, yeah, I don't know. And then, so obviously my pelvic floor was under pressure. <laughs> so <laughs> That was, yeah, I was happy to get out of that room. But, yeah, so they wheeled me over, um, and I was having, like, quite strong contractions. And they were really inconsistent. I don't know if it was, you know, because I was induced or, yeah, I don't know. But they were, like, yeah. 
either really close together or maybe like a couple minutes apart. So that was hard, not knowing when the next one was going to come. Wheeled me over. Dylan started to run the bath again. Um, and I couldn't get out of the wheelchair. <laughs> I was in so much pain. Everyone was trying to talk to me and ask me questions. And I was just like, just leave me be in pain. So I sat in the wheelchair for about half an hour. Um, and then it was the decision of you hop in the bath and we assess you or you get an epidural. And by this point, I was just, I couldn't even think. I was just like, get me an epidural. Um, and I was always open to it. I don't think, um, because obviously at the beginning of the pregnancy, that was what I wanted. So yeah. I wasn't completely closed off just from going through the hypnobirthing course. So I had the epidural and Dylan was kind of like, I said to him, can you please just like question me when I asked for the epidural? Just be like, are you really sure this isn't mm -hmm. what we kind of hoped for? So it was really nice. He did do that. And then I was just like, please just shut up and get me that pedrill. <laughs> um, but he was so fantastic during the labor, um, really calm. I think he felt a bit helpless, but um, yeah. And then honestly, it felt like forever between me asking for the epidural and actually yeah. getting it. <laughs> I was kind of like the anaesthetist was great. He'd been doing it since like, I think it was we worked out like two years before I was born. So that made me feel really oh my comfortable. Gosh. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, he was so, so lovely, made me feel really relaxed um, and was just kind of like talking to me like normal. And then I had Dylan holding one hand and the midwife holding the other um, and I was squeezing their hands. And then, yeah, so I had the epidural and then within, I think, maybe like 10 minutes, I was just like laughing and it was so nice. Like I was joking with my mom and Dylan. Yeah. Um, and my mum was like, here's some food. So I started eating, not knowing that you can't actually eat when you have an epidural. And my midwife was like, um, you should probably stop eating. <laughs> so, yeah, I was pretty gutted because it had been, um, I was over 12 hours since I had last eaten. Yeah. Um, and so had that and then they were monitoring me. And then I had the, um, like, obstetrician. I can't remember what they're called. I was pretty, like, the birth and two days after was a blur. But I had people come in and they basically looked at, um, you know, like all the monitoring notes yep. and things. And the obstetrician said to one of the other girls, she was like, why has no one called me in earlier? So that kind of made me freak out a little bit. Um, she was like, this is not, this is not good. Like, um, we need to kind of get things moving. So from there, about four more doctors came in um, and they were basically, oh, so they did the Vontus on Indy's head. So that's the suction cup. Um, I had a doctor doing that in the room, which apparently shouldn't be done in the room. I was told it should be done actually. Like I should be prepped for theatre and then right. they try it. So, yeah, I wasn't prepped for theatre they didn't mention anything about a caesarean at this point she tried I think it was four or five times which it should not be done yeah. more than two times um I had no idea and then my mum was telling me that she was just sitting there every time they'd try just like almost breaking down but she didn't want to yeah. you know make me aware that she was freaking out so she was like back in the corner until I was holding my hand um 
And I just remember seeing all these doctors and looking over this girl's shoulder. And yeah, it kind of was just like quite daunting. But I had a great obstetrician. Um, what's her name? Kirsten McSweeney from Auckland mm-hmm. Hospital. She was so fantastic, um, so lovely, really made me feel calm. So basically, they tried the Vontus a few times, had no luck. Um, and it was kind of awkward because the doctor that was performing the procedure um, was was obviously not going to plan. So the senior doctor to her was kind of like, talk to me, tell me what's going on. I remember that, but not really thinking, oh, this shouldn't be happening. Yeah, and so we did that, and then they said, look, um, you've got 15 minutes. We're going to go and prep theatre and get ready. You've got 15 minutes to try and push, and then we'll come back. If not, then we will take you into theatre. I was like, cool, fine, no worries. Um, oh, and prior to that, I'd been told that they might have to um, give me an episiotomy. I was like, okay, well, an episiotomy and a cesarean, that's going to be, <laughs> you know, a big recovery time. But, um, yeah, so we... I was trying to push for about 15 minutes with no luck. I mean, she was coming down, but just going straight back up, which was not yeah. ideal. And was um, it her heart rate that they were worried about on the monitor or what, what yeah, was the Yeah, so her, her heart rate was low and yeah. my blood pressure was high and obviously I had preeclampsia. Right. Um, and she was positioned, so when they were doing the Vontus, she was positioned differently to what they thought. So they assessed me. Went out, came back in with the Vontus, um, and it was actually in the wrong place on her head. So it's supposed to be on top, um, like on the top of the head, and it was to the, her right side. So, yeah, essentially they were pulling um, in the wrong place, which is why right. she wasn't kind of, well, I don't know if that's why she wasn't coming down, but, yeah, they were pulling in the wrong place. So, yeah, when we did end up, well, so I ended up going to theatre and having a cesarean and I honestly could swear that I felt the incision. So they said, look, if at any point you feel uncomfortable or you can feel anything, um, tell us and we'll stop and we'll put you under. And so Dylan came in and it was so good. He was like, I've got our phones to take photos. Um, I don't know why. And he's like, do we take photos? I was like... I don't know. <laughs> um, and then they're like, okay, we're going to start. And I was like, wait, I need a push. And so I tried pushing on the table and I swear the doctor must have been like, um, what are you doing? <laughs> but I just felt obviously the urge to push. Um, yeah. yeah. And then she was like, okay, we're going to do the incision. And then she did it. And I was like, S- I was like, stop. I was like, I can feel it. I said, like, put me under, put me under. And I started panicking. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately when they put you under, your partner can't be in there. So I felt so, so bad that Dylan had to leave the room. Um, but yeah, so they ended up, I only ended up losing, I think it was about 500 mils of blood, which is pretty good. Um, and yeah, so Dylan, my mum and my dad had Indy for about an hour while I was obviously waking up. Um, yeah, and then they brought her in and it was kind of like bright lights, white room, and they just like rolled her in. And I was by myself, so it wasn't really emotional when I first met her, which is kind yeah. of like, I thought I would just like, start crying of like happiness but I think I was still a bit in la la land from all the drugs and things but um yeah so I just held her and then they wheeled me into my room um yeah honestly just those first two days just because I had 
like a lot of pain relief and you have the pump for afterwards. Um, just felt like such a blur. But yeah, so they, the Vontos was in the wrong place. Um, so when she was born, her head was actually like bulging quite far out the side. So yeah. I just was like, oh my God, you know, like my poor baby, what's happening? Yeah. Is it going to go down? I had all these kind of like questions like, you know, are there going to be further complications? But obviously, my midwife was getting prepared to take her to um, intensive care because when they do perform that, it can, um, you know, cause damage to their brain and stuff. So luckily, nothing happened. She was totally fine. Um, and basically, from the first day she was born, she's just been the most chill baby. So, yeah, we had a pretty traumatic 24-hour birth. She was born at like 11.57 um, on the 19th and her cousin's on the 20th. So we were so lucky. We were <laughs> determined to get her out before the 20th. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I think it was quite a shock that she was actually okay. But obviously we're very grateful um, that yeah. it all went all right. Yeah. So that's kind of yeah. what happened. <laughs> and did you feel like you were, like, had you done any research or anything on caesareans beforehand or did you sort of go into it and afterwards think, like, I knew absolutely nothing about that? And Yeah, yeah so I, I don't think I realised um, kind of, like, how big of a deal a caesarean is. Um, obviously, yeah. people prefer to have them and that's totally fine. You know, like, whatever is best for you. And I think you have this expectation and this natural instinct, well, for me, to have her, you know, as a, what people call a normal birth, you know, vaginal birth. Yeah, sure, yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I'd obviously not, not really done any research because I kind of was like, oh, you know, if worse comes to worse, that'll happen, but I just didn't look into it. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, going from being – having like Pilates, a Pilates background um, yeah. and having quite strong core to a cesarean, it was such a shock. Like I couldn't even get out of the bed. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got to like, obviously, you know, you've got to like twist to get up and you've got to be yeah. so, so careful. Um, but I think I was really lucky. Everyone that seemed to like look at my scar was like, oh my gosh, it's, it's great. Like it's doing fine. No infection doesn't look red yeah. or, or swollen or anything. So that was good, but yeah, and then um, I just remember we were home. It was like two weeks after having her, and this TV show came on, and it was about this birthing hospital or whatever, and it was a cesarean, and I had to turn the TV off. I was like, oh, my God, I cannot watch anything to do with cesareans. <laughs> <laughs> it just yeah. makes you tingle. Like, it's just such – and obviously it's still such a weird sensation. But um, I, I've done, like, a little bit of research just to kind of, you know – figure out the extent of a cesarean yeah. but yeah prior to having it I didn't really they're just like we're gonna have to give you a cesarean I was like that's fine I was like just do yeah. it. just you know yeah. as long as your baby's safe you kind of like do what yeah, you need course. to do so yeah yeah and how long did you end up spending in the hospital um we were there for two nights and we yeah I don't think um we we had a really lovely nurse but um once we'd been discharged, we found out that she kind of like had just graduated or something. Like she was very, yeah. very new, um, which kind of explained a few things. Um, yeah, like when we got to birth care, they were like, oh, congrats on your boy. We were like, it's a girl. Um, so, yeah, on the discharge papers, like she was a boy. She was born in the middle of the day. Um, oh. She was a water birth. <laughs> like no, it was just crazy. 
but yeah so we had two nights in there um two nights of Dylan sleeping on the floor and I was like just get me out of here I want to go to birth care um so we went to birth care and we got yeah so we got like the big room with the double beds which was really nice so Dylan could stay um and we were in there for two nights we probably should have stayed three like I kind of wish we did but um yeah yeah I mean after four days you just want to be in your own home and in your own bed and have all your own things but um yeah it was yeah I just wanted to get out of the hospital (laughs) yeah Yeah. and how did you find sort of leaving birth care and taking Indy home for the first time what was that experience like it was surprisingly relaxing I mean we at the time lived with my mum so she was you know she came and visited us every day she bought things from home um going home was kind of was really nice it was nice to just be in our bubble um and kind of like get to know Indy like I feel like you have so many especially with a cesarean you have nurses coming in giving you Mm. you know your medication and um but I did have really bad mastitis um so I mean the nurses at the midwives at birth care were fantastic like I could not recommend birth care enough um and especially if you have doubts and you're in hospital like I would say just go even just for one night because they help you um and we didn't realize you know we didn't get taught like how much exactly Indy needs to drink and because I had mastitis after two days um you know obviously the amount increases and we didn't know and she was crying and so the nurses came in and helped us and um I had to get my boobs like hand expressed by the midwives everyone that came in and looked at my boobs was just like what the heck (laughs) they were huge like I'm I feel sorry for my boobs (laughs) um but yeah obviously I tried breastfeeding um and while we were in there but that was it was like my nipples were so hard that she couldn't latch on Mm. um and it was just so so painful for me so yeah we hand expressed and we tried latching on and we got like um nipple shields and we pumped and it was hard though because we did have two different lactation consultants come and visit us um with the second one being like our preferred I think we just clicked with her better and then yeah so we were kind of like bottle feeding her as well as trying to put her on the boob and it was just like it was crazy so yeah when we did get home um we were kind of that was our only concern was that my midwife was kind of like oh you might need to go back into hospital, but see how you go in the next 24 hours. So luckily it was kind of like we had it under control um, and, she, you know, Indy was getting enough food. So that was, you know, our main thing. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think leaving birth care was just like so nice to be home and just feel a bit more relaxed, but um, it was great otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And did you feel like personally really unwell with the mastitis or what was that like? Um. No, I was just kind of, a bit like run down um yeah I I wasn't like really they say you get like cold and yeah yeah. no there was nothing I was like oh I've got a flu you know um but it was just I would lay down and like my boobs would not move they were so so hard so red um so it was like cabbage leaves and um it was quite funny they freeze like the pads in there that they have oh yeah they freeze them and so you like put I had those on me um, I think I, the hardest thing was not really being able to hold Indy 
without um, being in pain. So that was mm. kind of, I got, it was like um, the baby blues. But I only, I didn't cry too much. I think I cried maybe a couple of times. Um, yeah. And it was like when I saw Dylan, he was like feeding her and changing her nappy and just being like just amazing. And I was sitting there like, I can't do any of that. And because you have your <laughs> scar as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was that was hard, but I quickly I'm very stubborn, so I was like, no, I can do that, I can do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't wasn't long after where I was kind of like doing enough that I didn't feel like I wasn't tending to my daughter, you know? Yeah. So um, yeah, yeah. And how did you find um, your physical recovery from there? Obviously the you had a pretty rough go them trying to get her out with the Vontus and then end up, mm. ending up with the cesarean. So how did you find that? Um, it was, it was like a bit tender down there, but obviously, um, yeah, my stomach was kind of, I was just really not looking forward to having like showers. Um, yeah. I thought it would hurt, but yeah, I mean, it was fine. Like I said, coming from a Pilates background, obviously I didn't do it too much through my pregnancy cause I, hadn't trained on it but um yeah I just lost all my ab strength so that was kind of a struggle I'd go and try and get up off the couch and be like oh, wait I've got a massive scar on my stomach and no abs yeah. so <laughs> um but then it was about six weeks I started just like going to the gym and doing really really light exercises like if I couldn't do more than three reps I wouldn't do more than three reps type thing um yeah and did lots of research around exercises to do for that. Um, mentally, though, I think because I had mastitis and I felt like this kind of, I can't feed my baby, I've got a pump, and then like I really felt like I was like a cow. I feel, had, you know, this appreciation for cows who just get constantly okay. <laughs> Definitely and, resonate you know. with that. <laughs> yeah. So we had the pump, and then I would try and put her on my boob, and then I'd top her up with breast milk. Um, and then, yeah, I think I don't think it was – maybe it was a, a month of doing that, and I was just, like, up for three hours at a time. Yeah. And I remember um, I was laying, like, sitting up in bed trying to feed her, and I was pumping, and I was just, like, kind of nodding off. I was like, this is not – this is not how it should be. Like I know when yeah, you have yeah. a newborn, um, you get less sleep, but I was like, I can't, I can't keep doing this. So I ended up chatting to my midwife and my mum, she obviously came from a really good place. She was like, just keep trying, you know, it'll come <laughs> yeah. to you. And um, a lot of people like, you know, um, they say that to you. And I totally get that. But back in the day, they maybe didn't have, you know, the access to, the help so we ended up getting a lactation consultant um and she was great but yeah I think it was two days after seeing her I was like I can't do this so ended up going half and half so feeding her breast milk when I could and then formula the rest of the time but mentally going from you know breastfeeding to full-time formula um I just felt so much happier and I think that really kind of not kick out of my recovery but it just helped me transition into you know being a mum without being in pain without having engorged boobs yeah. um yeah yeah that formula was just like 
a godsend. It was so good. <laughs> yeah, I can yeah. 100% resonate yeah. with you on that one. It is hideous, the pumping and the trying to feed. And, yeah, I just – I can honestly so with you on that one. I know. So. There's only, like, so long you can really, you know, try. Because you want to try. You really do. Of course. Yeah. But it's like um, – yeah, I just remember looking at my midwife and I was like – I had tears in my eyes. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. She was like, that's totally fine. So I yeah. just go get get down to get some formula, pop her on, and I just remember giving her that first bottle of formula, being like, "Oh my gosh, you know, you just feel like a weight yeah. lifted off your shoulders." You really like yeah. for me, I'm like, "Oh, I can't wait to you know, I think to, you know, try and breastfeed next time if I can." But at yeah. the same time, it's like you know that's there, and it was so so great. I think yeah, definitely for my mental state. Yeah, 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 for sure. No, I definitely can agree with you on <laughs> on that one. And how have you found things sort of since how old's Indy now and how are you going um, adjusting to life as a mum? Yeah, so she's coming up seven months and I, I, I cannot believe how quickly it's gone. So we, yeah. um, well, I was pregnant. We were trying to find houses for my partners from, well, he was, yeah, went to school and stuff in Wellsford. Um, and when we met, he lived in Mangafai, so I mean, it's beautiful up here. So I was like, yep, we'll move up here. <laughs> yeah. um, and so we were trying to find a house and we couldn't. So we ended up staying with my mum. And then we ended up buying a house, I think, when Indy was maybe like two months old. Um, so we had a long settlement, which was great. Still adjusted to, you know, newborn life with the help of my mum. And then, yeah, we moved up here um, midway through December which was probably perfect timing, like, you know, coming up to Christmas and summer and um, oh, my friends have a house here. They live in Sydney, but they have a house here. So it was kind of nice to know that they were going to be here and other friends and family. But um, I think, you know, once Dylan went back to work and my mum went back to Auckland, I kind of was like, I had this day and I was messaging my friend. I was like, oh my God, I was like, this is it. This is, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm a stay at home mum and, you know, this is our house. I'm not near any of my friends or anything. Yeah. Um. So for I think like the first week, I just remember it rained every day when Dylan went back to work, <laughs> and I was just like, "Oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do this." But yeah. um, yeah. I mean, you get in your groove, and I'm just so so lucky that I can be a full time mum um and look after Indy, and she's just like the cheekiest you know most um relaxed baby so I think we've been extremely lucky in that sense um you know she's teething at the moment but she's only so she was sleeping through the night but you know she's just waking up once for a bottle now and I think she's kind of just getting used to that like is in the habit of waking up for a bottle but um I mean that's totally fine she's waking once at night so I think we're doing pretty well um yeah and yeah it's just fun kind of you know trying to figure out you know like what foods they like and because we're um you know baby led weenie I think that's what they call it when you (laughs) you like just give them you know big bits of food and they can kind of like feed themselves so it's really cool to see how curious she is and um and stuff like that so yeah we're just almost crawling not quite we've got wooden floors so it's like all those little exciting things um as you know just yeah it's amazing seeing her grow and yeah. yeah 
It's cool Aww. being a stay-at-home mum. Very lucky. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, very mm. cool. Thank you so yeah. much for coming on the podcast, Portia, and sharing your story with us. I think um, I can definitely resonate with a lot of your story, and I think other people will too. So thank you very much for sharing. That's okay, yeah. I mean, the one thing I want to add in is that, obviously, we had, like, complications and things weren't really done to procedure. So the one message I really wanted to get out was if you have, you know, something kind of go wrong or not to plan and your midwife thinks that you should speak up and like take further action then definitely do it I mean we had the option too we complained but um I think you know sometimes when you're a mum you just want to like be a mum and not kind of sure go back and revisit everything but yeah, um, yeah yeah I mean definitely speak up if you know something doesn't go to plan or you're not happy with you know how your labor's going so yeah uh, that's just like one thing I wanted to say <laughs> to yeah, any no, mums expecting um, out there. Yeah. yeah, it's a good message. And I think it's really hard. I, I was in a similar position even after all listening and sort of interviewing all of these different mums with their different stories is knowing what's normal and what's right yeah. in, in your first labour is really hard. So, yeah, yeah definitely agree. If, of... it, if it doesn't feel right in your gut to just say something. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And speak to your midwife as well, because they have obviously done it so many times beforehand. Yeah. And for your midwife to be saying, you know, we need to complain, we need to take this further. Um, you know, that's kind of like a big thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Portia, so much for joining me. That's okay. So nice chatting. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. I'd love to hear your feedback. So either leave a review on the podcast app that you're listening on or head to our Instagram at Kiwi Birth Tales and leave a comment there. If you're interested in sharing your birth tale, then please head to the Instagram page and use the email link to get in touch. Thanks again for listening. I really look forward to sharing the next episode with you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.